This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora, I'm Ian Turner. Welcome to Garden of Sound, sponsored by The Nephilist. Alcohol-free drinks that stir you. Find out more at thenephilist.com. Today's guest is Candice Milner, but before we get to the interview, I want to remind you that today is Gumboot Friday. It's been somewhat derailed by COVID-19, but Gumboot Friday is part of the I Am Hope initiative, which is raising funds for free kids counselling across New Zealand. You might have seen Mike King talk about the initiative when he won New Zealander of the Year last year. It's pretty simple. I Am Hope need your cash to keep providing counselling to kids across the country. So please, today, if the future of New Zealand's children is important to you, head along to iamhope.org.nz and make that donation. Thank you. Right, today's show. Candice Milner. She's a multi-instrumentalist and a classically trained singer. She released her first album at 18, and while she kept performing, she decided that a career as a midwife beckoned. Fortunately, music is still a big part of her life, and there's a second album on the way. But will this forthcoming release be the same sweet Candice we heard in 2016, or has the music and production matured to reflect an older, wiser performer? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Candice Milner on Plains FM 96.9. Tell me about the first time you realised there was such a thing called music. My dad used to play me uh, various music videos before bed every night when I was a baby. Completely different to what I'd... What I'd play now. Are we talking uh, children's videos or are we talking no, like, like, grown-ups videos? Like he loved like Bloodhound Gang and... Ah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, that was loud. <laughs> um, like, like the roof is on fire. Yeah, and that yeah. Okay. Honestly. It's that... a good way to send a child off to bed, isn't it? <laughs> and, Let um, it burn. Yeah, pretty much. But um, yeah, there were just a select few music videos that he'd play and... He still kind of does that now at parties. He'll just make everyone watch these videos he's into. What about mum? She's she's never really been very musical, but um, yeah, mum and dad both just loved their Kylie Minogue and that sort of stuff. Yeah. When did they notice that their daughter was musical? Probably a young teenager. I picked up the guitar after learning the piano for a few years. and Was the piano your choice? It wasn't originally. But then I got really into it as I got older, yeah, and started songwriting probably around 13, 14. And so was there a natural jumping off point to the guitar? Or was there one laying around or did you see someone else um, playing? I think it was the practicality of it, just being able to take it everywhere and, yeah, just watch a few videos online. And my neighbour taught me because he was a music teacher or training to be one and I just kind of took off from there and... And where was the singing? Was that always there from a young age? Yep, totally, yeah. Yeah, I've been singing forever. Do you remember your first public performance as a musician, whether that's sort of just singing on your own or or even singing and playing? Oh, my first public performance was at a retirement village in uh, Rickerton, and I just got up and sung a Les Mis song. I think it was Castle on a Cloud. I was about 12 or 13, and 
It was terrifying. <laughs> it's entirely yeah. suitable for somebody of, of your age. Yeah. Uh, has yeah. any more music theatre sort of stayed with you? Yes, yeah, I was really into my into my musical theatre and uh, I what? was in a couple musicals at, throughout school and, yeah. Any of note? Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Okay, some good variety. One. I loved it. So where did the, and I'm just going to put that word folk mm-hmm. out there, come into it, the sort of like the much more laid back, soft um, stylings? I think um, possibly just being a moody young woman. <laughs> how, old are you, how old are you now? 21. 21. Yeah. Okay. You're still a young woman. Yeah. Are you, are you still moody? No, are not we, so much. Are we talking about the sort of like the early to mid-teens going yeah. through those stages? Yeah, so a lot of that, you know, came from those times. And I mean, I still write things that are emotional because I find that I'm someone that writes music when I'm emotional. So who knows, maybe it just came from that. Maybe that's why I wrote more then because I was more emotional. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. What about um, the material for your music? And I'll talk more about the production mm-hmm. later in the show. But where does the subject matter come for you? Like I said, a lot of it would come from experiences that I have. But there are totally some songs that I've written that are just pulled out of thin air that don't mean anything to me, but I thought made an interesting topic. And yeah. Is there anyone that you would say that you write music like or produce music um, like? A lot of people have told me that I sound like Daughter. Do you know Daughter? No, I don't. I believe she's from England and she writes kind of like folky pop indie stories. And she just kind of, I think she mostly just has a, a similar voice. And um, did you find back. yourself falling into a box, mm-hmm. like a pre made category? Because when you say she was sort of folky indie poppy, yeah, I can absolutely imagine what kind of music that yeah. person yeah. is putting out. Um, how how original are you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, or is it difficult to be objective? I don't really know. I find it hard because I listen to myself so often. I guess it's like when te- someone tells you, look, you look so- like someone, but um, you don't think you do it all because you're so used to examining yourself. Mm. I don't know. So going back to the influences, perhaps for mm-hmm. what you have have put out, who would be who would be out there apart from daughter, maybe, in terms of uh, what you create? Yeah, I've I've definitely got a lot of local artists that are my influences, and when I say local, I mean like um, generally as far as Australia. Like I'm really into my New Zealand and Australian yeah. artists. Yep. Um, I guess it's because they're easy to go see live <laughs> and um, I'm totally and into play that. with yeah as well. yes absolutely um I love Holly Aerosmith I've played with her a wee bit I love Tammy Nielsen obviously she's way more country but she's amazing um Sharon Van Etten she's pretty cool yeah I love her voice and yeah any tracks from those characters that you'd like to play yes, right now yeah um Every Time the Sun Comes Up by Sharon. It's one of her more popular streams on Spotify. Definitely, yeah. Why, do you remember the first time you heard it or why you like the song? Oh, I think I probably heard it a few years ago, 
maybe. It was probably just one of those, um, and this is how I find all of these New Zealand and Australian artists, is I probably just had it on some sort of radio based on a certain artist I was listening to and it just came on and I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> She's got these kind of out there lyrics with her, I don't know, just her voice is so different and so rich. I don't know. She's really cool. Yeah. Melodically, though, I'm going to put this to you. I know they're very different styles of music, what mm-hmm. Sharon Van Etten's doing to, to music theatre. Yeah. There ain't too much of a melody, though. No, it's so, like, droney. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And I've got another couple songs that have got that similar sort of vibe that you might pick up on. So it's more the attitude? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. There's another song... Um, Sorry, can I go on a bit of a tangent? Please, I want you to. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's another Australian artist that I really like called Julia Jacqueline, and she's got this song called Body, and it's, um, gosh, it's amazing. Her, her voice is so flat, but the way she delivers it is just, I don't know, it's like... Poetic? It's so chilling. I don't know how to, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, time for a bit of Sharon Van Etten.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Candice Milner on Plains FM 96.9. I want to talk about uh, first gigs or big gigs or big musical experiences that you've been along to. Anything that comes to mind as your first sort of outing as a young person or maybe a teenaged person? Uh, before I actually learned to play guitar, I was quite into playing the ukulele (laughs) so that was probably a good transition into that Mm. my dad bought me this um like sunburst red les paul ukulele wow yeah for christmas one year was it an actual les paul yeah wow and um that's pretty cool yeah it was real cool and then he bought me tickets to the ukulele orchestra when they came to christchurch Uh and they like signed my ukulele and they were hilarious and they were yeah they were great yeah, that was something pretty cool. And I think it was probably the first time that I really appreciated uh, a musical act for what they did, not for their their hype or their, you know, media side of things, which was quite cool. And yeah, does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Any yeah. standout numbers from that particular show? Honestly, I can't even remember it. I was so young. But mm-hmm. um <laughs> but I but I loved it. That's all I can say. Did you find that transition difficult from ukulele to guitar or did it feel sort of pretty natural going from four to six strings? Yeah, supernatural, yeah. 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 Obviously a bit harder on the fingers at first, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it was good. Indeed. Yeah. So how long have you been playing uh live, playing and singing? Probably six years. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So mid teens. Yeah. Do you remember that first time you, you got up on stage? Um, yeah, I think I played at a pub in Littleton with, um, Carmel Courtney. She's the sax player and she's got the dreads and yeah, she's a, she's quite well known in in Christchurch. How did that gig come about? She was actually my tutor for a wee bit. So she taught me like vocals and just music in general after I kind of steered away from classical training. So it was more about the gigging and the performances. Why did you move away from classical? Just because I knew I wanted to perform my own music live and I wanted to get into modern, I guess, sound technology and stuff in some way. I'm definitely not good at it now, but um, yeah, just something different. Any thoughts, and you've got a long way to go, any thoughts about anything classical down the track? Have you completely ruled it out of your, your book of things to do? No, I'd love to get back into it. So what are the classical training do you feel that you bring to the the modern or the folk stuff you're doing? I think a lot of people say that they can tell when they hear me sing that I have been classically trained in some way, which I'm, yeah, I feel like I've put a lot of work into that over the years. Is it your diction or your control? I think it's definitely my diction and a lot of people comment on my tone, but, um, but I'm not sure. It's hard to tell when I'm when I'm 
hearing myself all the time. So how was it being on stage for that first gig? I can kind of remember. I'm pretty sure I played piano and sung. Oh, wow. Because I was playing piano at the time. Okay. I hadn't really picked up the guitar until I started recording a couple years later. And uh, Was it covers or was it original music for that particular gig? Oh, I don't remember. Probably just covers mm-hmm. at first, but... Was it helpful having somebody to take you under their wing? Yeah, so totally. To yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't be where I am without the people that have helped me. What did you yeah. learn specifically from Carmel? Oh, I guess just about how the gigging thing works around the show. And the same with like Al Park. He he was the same and still is with me. Books me and helps me out and teaches me and yeah, just learning about the scene, I guess. Have you had any gigs uh, that haven't gone so well? Totally. Uh, I guess over the years, I guess with a mix of pressure and getting a bit bored and we spoke before this about finding that time to sit down and write songs and (laughs) I don't know, it just became so much pressure after a while that I ended up just going to gigs and dreading it and just getting up on stage and looking at my watch every two seconds being like when is this over it was all kind of muscle memory and over time you could kind of see and I've heard this from people as you could see my energy kind of just dropping over the yeah I think it was a period of a year or two where I just wasn't writing just wasn't very happy and my gigs kind of sucked a wee bit (laughs) in my opinion anyways yeah I'm presuming because the last time I saw you you were fantastic that you you've turned the corner yeah I think so I think so what was what led to that how did you turn it around I guess working on a second album has been um uh, it was really hard at first just because I was trying to uh, change my sound a wee bit and then in my opinion the songs just sucked and <laughs> they weren't really me at all it's and, yeah um, and that took about a year and then at the end of it I kind of scrapped them and ever since the past year now I've been working on all these other songs and I'm super proud of them and they're a little bit different but they're nothing drastically uh, I guess so this is an as yet unreleased yes yeah yes. yeah I'm working on it it's almost done yeah kind of are yeah. those scrapped songs permanently scrapped? No, they're they're in a Dropbox somewhere. <laughs> but I don't know if I'll do anything with them. We'll yeah. see. It's a really interesting opportunity, though, because I had so many talented musicians kind of work on that with me, as did with the um, newer songs that I'm keeping, that um, I don't really want to just throw it away. I could always kind of listen back to it musically and possibly change it somehow. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Was one of those people Glenn? Glenn, um, yes. Uh, How did you meet him? Glenn was my neighbour, actually, that I was talking about who taught me guitar. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So he grew up next, uh, sorry, I grew up uh, next to him and his wife. And my parents still have a house there. And yeah, so I'd go over there and he taught me ukulele and then guitar and... So how did he end up sort of playing for you? <laughs> and it was um, a star pupil kind of situation? Um, or just right place at the right time? Right place at the right time, I guess. And he started studying music at uni to to become a music teacher. And I guess he just got more and more into the scene. And he, he had um, projects where he had to record 
an album for uni and I would help him with that and then he'd help me like record um, live sessions for competitions or whatever. Yeah, eventually got him to come play some music on my album and then we formed a rock and roll band, just like a covers band a couple years ago and now he's playing with me and yeah, it's, it's really cool. We just do whatever, yeah. You've only been playing for a short amount of time in the length of a human's life at least Mm -hmm. um anything you'd look back on to your early teens maybe what you were writing or performing and any advice you'd have for yourself uh to not listen to anyone Ah, (laughs) no one at all (laughs) no no definitely listen to a select few Uh but um there are there are some people that are very very convincing and can either tell me that what were they saying to you oh just that I should change the way I do things in some way, even if they didn't know anything about music or, I hate to say this, but the industry or um, there are definitely a couple people that I should have kept as my mentors and kind of just focused on what they had to say, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense, and people that I trusted. What's your relationship like now with those people that you should have listened to? Um, oh, great. Yeah, I trust them heaps. Like I've got um, my producer and uh, people like Glenn and Al Park and, um, yeah, just people who have, yeah, down to earth, no money in it really. <laughs> and it's it's all kind of, yeah. Difficult questions. Do you think that was the motivation, just trying to sort of steer you off for their own ends? Oh, totally, yeah. There are a couple people that I've consulted with I guess over the years who have um either wanted to sign me to something or um or just make me change my music in order to receive funding things like that you know yeah which um I've realized isn't what's gonna make me happy so I'm I'm just focusing on what music I want to make and my songwriting and how much I like it and I don't really care anymore if someone listens and they don't like it <laughs> yeah i think it's time for some music um, okay. <laughs> at this point i ask about favorite tracks or songs you've had with you for a um for a while any artists out there that you think typify your your likes yeah totally um courtney barnett and anyone listening to this who knows me will probably be like oh. Oh, more courtney barnett oh my gosh i've got like four of her cds in my car that have been on repeat for the past five years um oh, when you find something good you know hey. yeah but my favorite song by her is anonymous club it's amazing it's two chords throughout the whole song kind of the same sort of not really drony it's actually kind of in the higher range for her vocally which is different for courtney but um yeah, it's just a really nice song and I like listening to it driving down the highway on the way out to the city from Littleton at night. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Candice Milner on Plains FM 96.9. Evergreen, your last album, when did that come out? Uh, So that came out in 2016. 2016, okay. So we're approaching. Sounds like so long ago. Four (laughs) years, it is a long time, but you've been busy because. You're a student midwife as well. Yes, yeah. Okay, so musician and midwife, that's mm-hmm. an excellent claim to fame. Where did the midwifery come into the picture? Gosh, I only really considered it a few years ago. Uh, one of my very good friends, she's a midwife, and I've always found the, um, I guess, the health system quite interesting and women's health and, yeah, 
Yeah. The fact you're treated like second class citizens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. um it's a, it's massive. It's unlike any other health profession. It's an interesting world. If men were giving birth, things would be a lot different, I'm oh, sure. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. So where are you up to in your studies for that? I am in my second year of midwifery now. And how long does that go for? Three years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing that at Ara? Mm-hmm. Was there any consideration to go for uh, music arts at ARA? Yeah, I definitely thought about it, but um, I really didn't want to turn – It's, I mean, it's not just a hobby. I think it's more than that. But I didn't want to turn something I enjoy into work or a chore. I wanted to, you know, learn musical theory at my own pace, and that's what I've been doing, and I'm happy with that. Mm. Yeah, Happy mm. seems to be a word – uh, that has flowed through this interview at least a couple of times. <laughs> you seem to know what you want. Mm-hmm. When it came time to select a person to produce your mm-hmm. album or find people to to help you, um, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Edwards, how did that how did that come about? Was he was he sort of top of the list, or were there a few other folks out there? I had definitely worked with a few different producers and sound engineers and all of that beforehand just because I got I started recording quite young um so I definitely knew what I didn't want (laughs) because I'd had a few yeah just a few interesting experiences with recording music and wasting money and signing contracts I shouldn't have signed and things like that. Was it the finished product which sort of didn't match up to your expectations? Yeah and just the process and being young and it was hard um but I managed to get some funding from New Zealand on air and uh, Ben, uh, this was right about the time that I kind of started doing more folky country stuff. And of course, Ben literally lived up the road from me <laughs> and uh, I saw that he was, you know, doing recording for Marlon and Hannah and those sorts of people. So I thought, why not give it a go and see how we see how we roll and he's just hilarious. He makes the whole process fantastic. It's it's so much fun. Did you vomit or cry during the oh recording process? Oh my gosh, process? I saw that. Yeah, um, that's hilarious. Uh, just laughed a lot. I, I'm sure I cried. Maybe not in front of him, but um, yeah, yeah, I definitely would have cried at some point. Yeah, didn't vomit. No, but I did see that he wrote that somewhere in an yeah. interview. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, what's the process for the for the difficult second album, and how far through it are you? Um, I would say, oh, I don't know how far through I am. If I want to add any more songs or not, but how many are you at at the moment? About nine. Okay. About nine, okay. and it might I might keep it at that. Yeah. And I might take one off, and I might add a couple of the old scrap pile songs back to it. I don't know, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, I've finished a couple and I'm kind of working on the finishing touches for some and yeah, just kind of seeing how I feel about it. What's changed in four years? Lyrically, I've definitely changed a bit. How's that? I'm not sure how to explain it, <laughs> if I'm honest. More experiences? Different yeah, place I guess in life. so. Yeah, just different. Yeah. Turned a corner in terms of, yeah. I guess, your positivity or your outlook? Yeah, totally. It's all, It's a bit more... Um, sarcastic and uh you I found some sass <laughs> yeah maybe mm. maybe uh whereas you can definitely hear the innocence in some of my songs because some of those songs in my first album were 
written when I was, or half written when I was so young, maybe 14, 15. And um, I mean, it came out when I was 18. So that's quite a long period of time. So it, there were a few different things on that album. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of the same with this one. It's been a long time since then. <laughs> so yeah, it's different again. I'd raised, um, going back to classical at some point, are there any other styles of music that you'd like to explore? We've done the classical, we've done the music theatre, we've done the done the folk. Mm-hmm. Is there something, I don't know, any rap or metal? Oh, definitely not rap. Um, metal, that'd be pretty interesting, eh? I don't know if I'd fit the... Well, you could, mold, something light could be a bit of evanes- <laughs> evanescence or something along those lines. Oh, maybe. Or even, have you heard the work of Moonflower? I haven't, you no. You haven't? Okay, so no. maybe we could check that out. More importantly, I think mm-hmm. it's probably um, good to hear something uh, off Evergreen. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a track that we could listen to all the way back from 2016? Yeah, um, this is actually my favourite one. I don't know what it is. I just really like this song and I think it flows and it builds in this really slow but calm way and um, kind of like how I was talking before about uh, the lyrics not necessarily matching the delivery. It's kind of got that um, almost tired sound to my voice but it kind of builds musically and yeah, I don't know. I just really liked working on this song and I had a wonderful fiddle player, Anita, who did some awesome strings on this. And yeah, I just really like this song. So yeah, this is Gallery. Thank you. 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Candace Milner on Plains FM 96.9. We just heard Gallery of 2016's Evergreen, produced by Ben Edwards. Um, is there anything um, anything coming out soon-ish, maybe, possibly? Yes, absolutely. I've been working on, obviously, like I said, my album. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a name for it, though, so don't ask. Okay. But, <laughs> um, but I have Is a- there a theme? Is there oh, a I have is no there a idea. vibe? It is. It's slightly more um, heavy, or as my mum likes likes to put it, it's slightly more rocky. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> that's what she thinks. Yeah. Um, so that's what you do when you mature. Maybe, a yeah. maybe. Not sure. Um, yeah, I've got uh, the first single for that coming out, and um, hopefully in the next few weeks. Uh-huh. That's the plan. Yeah, but with all the madness at the moment, who mm. knows? Um, yeah, it's done. It's getting mastered right now. I have a music video done and I'm going to have a release date. What's the ASAP. name of that single? Um, that's another thing is I actually haven't chosen the name of it. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that is that helpful? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the preparation for these things yeah. and when you need to let the powers that be, mm-hmm. i.e. Spotify, know what this <laughs> gosh darn thing is called. Yeah, okay. we're waiting. So we'll look uh, in a couple of weeks' time. We'll look out for... For that one. Um, yeah. But I do have another song coming out mm-hmm. actually um, soon after that called Kyburn Claims. And it was actually a song that my grandfather wrote. And yeah, we've got a music video in the 
pipeline for that as well. Wow. And that's also from the next album. So okay, so so a couple couple yeah, on the go. Yeah, and exciting. then it'll be the album, so yeah. hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, the world's in a state of disarray and it keeps getting weirder and, mm-hmm. and weirder. Um, obviously, it's important to get out and um, play and perform and so on. What are mm-hmm. you... What are you going to do with yourself over the next few months in terms of music and performance? We had a, I don't know if you know the likes of um, Mousy and There's a Tuesday. We actually had a big national tour planned, us three, girls on tour sort of thing. It was going to be great. We were so excited and we were going to go May, June. But obviously that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're just looking at dates for rearranging that probably later in the year. I'm really excited for that, though, for all of us Christchurch girls to go away and share our music around the around the country. Have you, in your travels or your online surfings, um, seen anyone do doing anything interesting in the musical online space? Yeah, yeah, just a lot of... Um, I saw Nadia Reid do a live session thing the other day, which was quite cool. Um, she had a professional mic set up, but she had a crappy webcam as well. So it was really funny, like the contrast. Great sounds. <laughs> no, but I liked it. I yeah. thought it was quite cool. Yes. Um, yeah, it was so funny just staring at this pixelated image of her, but yep. this gorgeous voice coming out. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. I've seen a few people do the likes of that, but I'm a bit, I'm a bit tech. I don't know. I'm not very good with technology I'm at all. I'm sure so. there'd be plenty of people out there willing to hook it up. For Maybe, you yeah, we'll or something. see. Um, what about around the world? Have you done any? Um, have you played anywhere else other than New Zealand? Yeah, I did a um, North America tour. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. How many? How many dates was that? Not many. Yeah. Not many. Um, it was very small. When yes. I say tour, I mean, uh, you spoke to Kate last week. I think she said to a few people, I don't know if she said this to you, but she was like, yeah, it's kind of like a glorified word for me traveling with my guitar in my car. Is that what she said? No. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's what she said to me. Yeah. Um, and it's the same sort of thing, going overseas with a guitar and playing in heaps of pubs and no, being like, yeah, it's a tour, man. It, it is a tour. <laughs> By every, it doesn't have to be, you know, 40,000 people a night getting out there and doing it. Yeah. Uh, What was that experience like? Oh, pretty terrifying. (laughs) Okay. If I'm honest. Why was that? Uh, Was it the people or just the vibe? Everyone's just so much more commercial. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Just, there were definitely like a few wee towns or wee pubs that I play in and I just jam with the local musicians and that was sick. Like I loved it. But uh playing in Los Angeles, I played in Hollywood and everyone Where was did just you mean. play? Um Hotel Cafe. Okay. Yeah. It's quite What do you a... mean everyone was mean? <laughs> no, that's that's I'm overreacting. I don't know, just you know try to make an effort to talk to people and be like, Hey, I'm visiting from New Zealand. What's up? And it's kind of all about the money. Could have yeah. been the venue. Probably was the venue. Yeah. Um, that's tough. Well, yeah. I don't imagine that's stopped you from wanting to to get out and about around the nah. around the traps around the world. Um, nah. Anywhere that you'd um, you'd love to play? I'd love to play in Melbourne. I don't know why. It just sounds like quite a cool city. Is that because of Courtney Barnett? 
perhaps. She's because of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Melbourne sounds cool. I've got lots of friends that have moved from Littleton to Melbourne. Yep. So it sounds like it's quite a It's a natural progression. Yeah. And far yeah. nicer than Sydney. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry I've for all those people. I've never been to Sydney. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'd like to play in Australia and just more around New Zealand, yeah. I think. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Candice, um, you've been wonderful. Thank um, you. Can we have a track to take us out today? Yes. Something Something you'd like. Yeah, yeah. Um, one that I've been listening to lots recently, and um, it's just a work of art, in my opinion, is Echoes by Pink Floyd. So, yeah.
Apologies for cutting that track short. I encourage you to visit gardenofsound.nz to hear the complete song on Candice's bespoke Spotify playlist. It's time for my track of the week. At the beginning of the show, I talked about Gumboot Friday and I Am Hope. The New Zealand group written by Wolves have worked with I Am Hope to produce what one could call a reimagining of the Fred Dagg track, the Gumboot song, which you're about to hear. It's all for a great cause, raising money for free kids counselling, so please give as generously as you're able to this amazing initiative at iamhope.org.nz. Anyway, this is Written by Wolves with Gumboots. Gumboots say you're wonderful, Gumboots say you're cool, because they provide free counselling for our kids in school. When you're sitting round at home,
Thanks for being here today. My guest was Candice Milner. Head along to gardenofsound.nz and click on her picture on the front page to check out her social media and watch for the release of those next two singles. That's all for Garden of Sound for today. Sponsored by The Nephilist, alcohol-free drinks that stir you. You can find out more about The Nephilist at thenephilist.com. Love to have you back next Friday. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Hi there,